Amen. Wilma, thank you for sharing those two beautiful songs with us tonight. What a blessing. Psalm 119 tonight, as we continue our journey through this great psalm, this work of art, uh, as we have said, there are uh, stanzas, as it were, 22, each one corresponding to a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And there's a series of verses with each one of those stanzas. Now, in case you're thinking, well, we're going to be doing this for 22 weeks, uh, down the line, we're going to combine some of them. So it's not going to be a full 22 weeks. But uh, tonight we come to the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is Gimel, or Gimel, uh, and verses 17 to 24. So we don't get the full effect of it, as we've said, because we're reading it in an English translation. But in the Hebrew, each line in verses 17 through 24, begins with that letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so, you know, to a, an Israeli or to a Hebrew, it would have had a lot more impact the way it was set up. But the words are still amazing to us. Look at uh, 119 verse 17. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You, you rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. It's so easy to take the Bible for granted uh, it's not just owning a Bible that is a great privilege. It's understanding it, that God enables us to understand his word. It sets, up, it sets our faith, the Christian faith, apart really from all of the other uh, religions of the world. Uh, Islam, for instance, it's in Arabic. If it's not in Arabic, it's not considered to actually be the Koran. Now, they have a translation of the glorious Koran, but that's why all over the world, like in Indonesia, even though people don't speak Arabic there, they learn to recite the Koran in Arabic, even though they don't understand a word they're saying. They believe the blessing is simply in the reciting of the Arabic words. And most Indonesians, for instance, they don't even know what it means. They don't even know what it means. But they don't need to know. And, of course, that keeps them in darkness. That keeps them trapped in that religion. But, you see, the Bible, God wants us to not only have the book or recite the words. He wants us to understand it because uh, it is, he, he's poured his heart into this word and he wants it to get into our heart and into our mind. And this third stanza of Psalm 119 guides us in how to seek and to gain understanding. 
Dr. W.O. Vaught, who was a pastor in Arkansas for many years, I think Emmanuel Baptist Church in Little Rock, he once told of the response of a Russian Baptist pastor during the days of the Cold War when he had delivered some Russian Bibles to him. He'd been able to slip them into the country secretly because they were forbidden, of course, in communist, the communist Soviet Union. The pastor fell on his knees when he saw the Bibles, put his hands on them, and said, Better than gold. Better than gold. But you see, more than just having the copies of the Bible, he thought they were better than gold because he knew what was in the Bible. And he knew what it would do to change the lives of people when they were able to read and understand God's Word. Charles Spurgeon said, The Scripture teems with marvels. The Bible is a wonderland. It is itself a world of wonders. The truth found in the Bible is better than gold. And it really is a wonder that God has given the Word of God to us. So, understanding God's Word. We see some things the psalmist says here that will help us to understand His Word. The first is, pray that God will help you to obey His Word. Ask Him. Ask God to help you to obey His Word. Look at verses 17 and 18. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your Word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law obedience to god's word is a tangible a visible expression of the love that we have for him so we ought to want to understand god's word and then to obey it as god reveals the truth of it to us because that is an expression of our love for god and for what he has done for us it's well to note that not every follower of God is called the Lord's servant in the Scripture. But Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, Isaiah, they were all called the Lord's servant. And so he says, deal bountifully with your servant. We need to have that kind of commitment and devotion to God. That we want to truly be his servant. And the servant's not just a word that we, we throw around easily, but that it means we are at God's disposal. And we desperately want to know what He wants and what His desire is and to understand what His Word says. And so we have these great examples of servants. And the psalmist here is saying, Deal bountifully with your servant. And he cries out, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. In other words, from the word of God. At that time, of course, you had the Pentateuch. You had the first five books of the Bible, the law. And that was the word of God uh, for the people of Israel. And so the word of God we have today now is complete. We're so blessed to not only have the law, the first five books of the Bible, but we have all the prophets. We have Psalms and Proverbs, the wisdom literature, and then we have the New Testament. And so 
as much as the psalmist cried out here, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Uh, There's so much that we are blessed to be able to see and understand in God's word. But you know what? It takes God's help to see it. Uh, The Holy Spirit is at work to teach us the truth of God's word. And so you have to be willing and open, but as you as a Christian, having received Christ into your life, his spirit lives within you. When you open the Bible, you have the spirit of truth to guide you into all truth that we find in the word of God. But we ought to open, open our hearts to him and ask him to help us to be obedient. And we will be obedient only when we understand what his word is telling us. Wondrous things. And then in verses 19 and 20, pray and ask that God will help you to live faithfully. To live faithfully in a foreign land. Notice how the psalmist considers himself. Look at verse 19. I am a stranger in the earth. Do you ever feel like a stranger on earth? Sometimes you, uh, when you're in certain situations and around people or maybe just generally when you see what's going on in the world around you, you begin to feel like you're a stranger. You don't belong here. You don't think like the rest of the world thinks. Well, that's not totally bad because we are strangers in the earth in the sense that our Father is in heaven. We have a home in heaven that is prepared for us as Christians. And someday we're going to go there. We are strangers passing through this world. And as long as we're here, we ought to do everything we can to let God use us to accomplish his work. We don't want to go through life with, uh, you know, our head in the clouds and be uh, of really no use to God in this world. That's not what he means. But the psalmist had a clear view. He was a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. We need God's word to help us as we go through this journey in this foreign land, this earth that we live in, as we make our way to our heavenly home. We are people headed to a different kingdom, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God really is already here in our hearts. And someday it will come on earth. But eventually it will be all about the kingdom of God and nothing else. This world will pass away. And all that will remain is the kingdom of God. The message paraphrases it as a sojourner or resident alien in this world. He's asking for guidance, clear direction. And so that is what we are asking for from God, that he give us clear direction from his words. We sing that hymn, open my eyes that I may see. God will open our eyes if we ask him to do so. And then continuing on in this, uh, these verses tonight, verses 21 to 24, pray that God will help help us to stand strong in the face of opposition the psalmist wasn't uh, he wasn't trying to pretend that it was going to be easy he knew how hard it was 
and this life is not easy and opposition will come whenever we try to understand God's word and obey it you can you can count on it the more you open yourself to God and seek his direction and understanding of God's word the adversary is going to try to block you he's going to try to keep you from spending time in God's word from understanding it or especially from putting it into practice. He's going to do everything he can to keep it from happening. And that's why he works so hard against Christians from actually putting into practice their faith. And the psalmist here says in verse 21, You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Opposition should never surprise any of us who are followers of Christ. And the pressure that we feel in this world that is against the gospel, against the Bible, against what the Bible teaches about what life is all about and who Jesus is, that is something we will always face in this world. We need to trust that God will deal with the arrogant and the disobedient. It's not for us to uh, bring God's judgment upon people. God is perfectly capable of, capable of doing that, and he will. The psalmist is, is in a sense, looking forward to that day because he does say you rebuke the proud the cursed and so he knows it's coming and we should rest in the knowledge that God is going to someday bring this sinful world to an end we sometimes feel like those who are opposed to God are going to get away with it well they may get away with it for a time on this earth but not forever God is there, and he will eventually bring about his justice. It's our job to share Christ with people, isn't it? So that as we live the gospel and share the gospel, they will have the opportunity to be saved, to turn away from their opposition to God. The psalmist had great confidence in the character and in the ways of God as he revealed his word to us. He is confident that God will deal effectively with those that he describes as arrogant, as accursed or cursed. And so God, he knew that God was going to, to uh, take care of those who were in opposition to the truth of God and the truth of his word. We need to trust God that he will hear our prayers of relief from persecution that's what the psalmist is asking for he's asking for help for strength for relief now does God always relieve the persecution that his people face not always he doesn't always remove it but notice what the psalmist also says here princes also sit and speak against me but your servant meditates on your statutes what is the response of the psalmist to the persecution to the opposition 
he goes to he goes to God's word. And so the more we are oppressed, if we are oppressed as Christians in this world, we need to go more and more to what God's word says. And so instead of responding with hatred or responding with violence, we need to respond with the word of God. Going to it ourselves, letting God calm us and bring us peace, letting God teach us and show us how to, how to answer, how to respond. Not respond the way the world does, but our response should be, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Sometimes we need to be, maybe more than sometimes, we need to be like Jesus. We need to follow his example. Remember all that opposition he had when people would come to him and attack him and accuse him, pose all of these questions to try to trap him? What did Jesus often do? He didn't answer their question. He refused. Or he didn't answer the question directly. Sometimes he was just silent, which I'm sure drove him crazy. And sometimes when you face opposition because of your faith, the best thing you can do is just be quiet and wait. Wait until God tells you something to say. And only say what God leads you to say. But often we want to respond in kind to people who are being hateful and, uh, you know, saying vitriolic things to us. We don't want to respond that way. We want to meditate on God's word. Let God show us what to say, if we need to say anything at all. He'll show us if we're willing to hear. And so we need to trust him to keep giving us the strength and the guidance that we need. And we need to trust him to keep his testimonies. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. There's so many testimonies in Scripture of the truth of God, what God's done in the lives of people, how he's worked through his people, and the testimonies of God through his word are our counselors. They are our guidance and our strength. And they will delight us and they will help us as we go through life. So as we pray that God will help us to stand strong, it'll help us to understand his word. And his word, as we understand it, will help us to stand strong. They go hand in glove. The more we give ourselves over to the word of God and what he is saying to us, and as the Spirit shows us the truth of His Word, it then helps us to live for Him and to be obedient in this life. So as a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, we need to accept the fact it's inevitable that we'll face difficulty. Everybody does in this world. It's not just Christians. But as Christians, we don't have to face it alone. We have God's Word to help us and if we'll ask God to open our eyes and help us to see the truth of his word, he will do exactly that. Now, I know that may sound simplistic. Uh, how do you understand God's word? Uh, maybe people wanted a bullet point, you know, five things you do to understand God's word. Well, you can learn methods of Bible study and all those kinds of things. 
But nothing takes the place of us asking God with an open mind and heart to show us the truth of his word. And then miraculously, supernaturally, when we open the Bible and read it with that kind of a heart, he will give us understanding, his understanding. He will be our teacher, and we will be changed. Will you pray with me? We thank you, Lord, for your word and what we continue to see in this psalm about it. And we pray that our heart will be like that of this psalmist as we cry out to you and ask you to open our eyes that we may see the wondrous things from your word. Thank you for giving it to us. And even this week, Lord, help us as we read the Bible, as we study the Bible, that we will just open it and ask you, Lord, open my eyes today. Show me what you have for me in your word. And then, Lord, we look forward to what you will show us. Give us open and willing minds and hearts, and may we be obedient servants, having read and understood your word. Lord, help us to always be faithful to do what you tell us to do. Now, in this time of invitation, Lord, may this be a time of response, of obedience, of dedication. As you've spoken to our hearts tonight, if there are decisions, commitments we need to make before we leave here, help us now to do it publicly or privately as you lead us. And we'll give you the praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing our invitation hymn. I'll be standing up front. You let God lead you if there's a